0: Welcome into the harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping you live the ancient faith in modern times. I'm Andrew Stroud. One of the most rewarding things I've had a chance to do in life is be a parent. It's also been one of the most difficult. Now my guess is raising children has never been simple, but the pace and noise of modern life present unique challenges. It's all too easy for modern parents to be chronically distracted and our culture has more ways than ever to influence our children in ways that run counter to our faith and God's truth. That's why it's important for us to parent on purpose. On today's show, Shelton Markham joins me for a conversation on this topic. We discuss, what defines successful parenting? Value-based parenting versus performance-based parenting. Discipline and correction versus punishment what grace does and doesn't mean when it comes to parenting children, and guarding the hearts and minds of your household in an age of internet and screens. I hope parents who listen to this will find this conversation helpful, and even if you're not a parent, I think the principles discussed are informative and can be applied on a broader level. Shelton, welcome back to the podcast. We're yeah. gonna have a conversation today around parenting on purpose.
1: Yeah, easy. Yeah, no, no big deal. Easy parenting's a breeze. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna give a disclaimer here at the outset. Yeah. Uh, but before we talk about where we're at in in our parenting, because we're at different stages. I wanted to share a story that I heard many years ago as a young parent. I, I, think we, I think our first two children had been born, but they were probably both under the age of five. And the man who was discipling me, who was himself in his early 50s, asked me a, I think, rhetorical question. He mm-hmm. said, uh, do you know when you're ready to be a parent? And as someone in his mid twenties with young children, I didn't know the answer to that because I didn't feel like I was ready. I hadn't, I hadn't arrived at that point yet. So I said, no, I don't. And he said, you know, when you're in your late forties or early fifties and your youngest child graduates and, and moves out of the house, you think to yourself, you know, if we were to have a kid right now and start from scratch, I have a pretty good idea of of (laughs) what I would want to do through all the stages. Mm -hmm. And yet God sets it up biologically so that that's right around the time where you're no longer able to have physical children. Mm -hmm. And the lesson from that was that, you know, parenting is one of the great challenges of life. And none of us truly feel ready, especially when we're getting started or when our our children are uh, in the house. Mm So, we are not coming at this conversation as experts or as people who have it all figured out. But um, we are on the journey and we may be a little further down the road than some Mm -hmm. of our our listeners. So we wanted to share um, some of what we've learned along the way and hopefully even in this conversation learn from one another.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I actually have hesitated over the years from preaching on parenting or talking too much about it. A, because I'm like, I'm still very much in the middle of it. So my oldest is 15 years old. I have three. I've got a 12 year old. She's about to be a teenager. And um, and then my, my youngest is eight. And um, so we're right in the middle of it. So uh, for years, I felt like what mm. I, I want to learn from others that have gone before me about parenting so much and have been in that mode. And, and so I don't want to come across at all as, hey, I'm an expert in this, follow follow us. But I am a learner in this. and And pastorally, as I have spent time with people and their families, and I've been in... Um, with, worked with teenagers for, for um, over 15 years. And have just been, I've, I've been in it a lot. There are some core convictions that, that I've developed around, uh, around parenting. And I'm not always successful at them, but I, I feel the led by the Lord to say, hey, um, the, these matter when it comes to parenting. And probably you let out saying we're, we're calling the conversation uh, parenting on purpose or with purpose. And um, that's mm-hmm. probably the, the chief, core conviction, um, because yeah, when they hand you your first child, that sense of, of responsibility and fear of, Oh my gosh, I am in charge of this life. And that, that never Mm. really goes away, Mm. but we get in this busyness of life and we get going and, and, and so often life can be about just reacting to the day to day, Stuff that is happening. Uh, just trying to get through. We have our to-do list. We've got to work. The calls happening. I've got to be here. What sporting events do they have? And it just becomes about that. You're running and and doing, and so survival becomes really what is 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 going at the top of the list, mm-hmm. and we forget to parent with intent and purpose and to have a godly perspective around it. And I think one of my core convictions that uh, my wife and I continue to try to come back to, and she has taught me so much in this realm, is is parenting with purpose. Of If, if we actually believe these things, and what is it that that we would call, that we think God would call success in parenting, right? And right. And let's parent towards that. Uh, And I think that's a that's a big, hefty question of what is what is successful parenting for for believers? Right. Yeah, I like it.
0: So we're going to we're going to talk about that uh, here at the outset, and then we'll try to move into some of the values and some of the other principles that uh, we're trying to live out in our own lives, Mm -hmm. but also that we found helpful Uh, just to give full disclosure to folks. Cindy and I have four children mm-hmm. and two of them are already out of the house married and starting their own families and we, we our two youngest still live with us here at the house so our kids ages are 27. Uh, 24, 21. And then we have a 16 year old who is uh, a junior in high school. So that's kind of where we're at uh, in the process. And, you know, parenting has been one of the most uh, rewarding experiences that I've had a chance to experience. It's also been one of the most stretching and stressful. Uh, Nothing has kept me up. Nothing's been the cause of more late nights Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you know, prayer sessions with Cindy and I, uh, then our children. So, you know, like you said, we're, we're still in it ourselves. We're still learning. Uh, but there are some things that, that we have discovered along the way mm-hmm. that, that we want to share. You know, if you think about what is it that guides our parenting? Mm-hmm. Um, I think for most of us, it's what we've experienced in our own mm-hmm. histories and our mm-hmm. own family histories. And you know, that, that can be good, but oftentimes there is, a lot in there that, that is not healthy Mm -hmm. and is not rooted in the gospel and Mm -hmm. in scriptures. And yet it's almost, um, it's almost unconscious that we, we, we parent by instinct Mm -hmm. versus parenting on purpose. And so some of what we have to do is, is like you said, take a step back. Like Amy suggested, let's take a step back. Let's figure out what, what do we see in scriptures? What are the principles and the values that, that we want to parent out of? And, um, Let's do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the runties. I, w- I was talking today. I was telling somebody that I respect a whole lot. That I was coming to. Uh, he's a wonderful father, godly man, and and saying, "Hey, I'm coming to record this podcast." What are what are uh, you know? What was it that he he aims at in parenting his teenagers? And um, and I liked what he said. He said I, I he longs that they would have identity in Christ, that they would know their identity, um, and that that they would have discernment. Uh, And I I love those two answers, Um, identity being um, not rooted in other activities. You're not an athlete. You're not a student. Those are things that you do. They might be a part of, but those things kind of change. But what is your core identity that will never change? and and I think our world is coming after this idea of identity. We we, you know, what is your? A lot of times right now, I think the mantra is around what is your sexual identity or your gender identity or what are those things. And so if we think about our our kids, of saying, hey, our world is trying to shape their sense of self. Um, that's a big thing. And we'll circle back mm. around to that. But I also love the discernment side of, of that because we're not always going to be there with our kids. And particularly when you start getting teenagers and they're out of the house and they're, they're doing their own thing, you are longing that they have the ability to make decisions. Mm. And when he said that, I, I immediately thought of Ephesians 4. And Paul talks about in Ephesians 4 what it looks like for us as Christians to grow up into Christ. And he uses this parenting language, right? So this is starting in, in verse 14 of Ephesians 4. He says, um, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by ways and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is in Christ, that is Christ. And so you can see identity and discernment in that, right? He says the the goal here is we're going to speak truth as Christ defines that in love to one another. And when we do that, he says, uh, when truth is guiding Mm-hmm. in the church but i think this is true in parenting and I, we know that because paul will later talk about in marriage and parenting and in, in the work world mm-hmm. um and so we're speaking the truth in love and then what happens then is that our identity is that we grow up in christ right we know who we are in christ and we have the discernment not to be tossed back and forth by the the cunning teaching of the world and what's happening there and I, and i I think if we're going to start and ask, "Hey, what is success? What is it that I long for for my kids?" I mean, we have lots of little successes. I want them to be functioning, healthy adults. Mm-hmm. I'd love for them if they have the joy to be parents and be married and to have careers. That those those are great. But 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 if they have all of that but don't have Christ, my heart is going to be broken, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think what I long for above all else is that um, that first. Principle: The first kingdom-seeking desire is that they would know who they are in Christ. They would find their identity in Him, hmm. and then flowing out of that, they would understand truth well enough to be able to discern for themselves the path of Christ to, to take as they as they walk in the Holy Spirit and involved in His church and those things. I think that's I think that's how we, uh, we, we approach success in parenting. You know, we have lots of. Other little things that are valuable to us uh, as parents um, us being uh, my wife, Amy, and I, um, you know, we have, we value education, we value hard work and effort and we value, um, but really a lot of those values are kind of sourced in when you find your identity in Christ, we think. The fruits of the spirit, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are all huge values for us. This is what it looks like to have the character of Christ coming out of you towards one another. So in our house, um, you know, it, it matters how you speak to one another. It matters. And we can get down in this value. But, But I'm saying all the other things that we value, I think, flow out of. We want to be shaped in Christ as parents, and we long for that with our kids. Does that makes sense. How, would yeah. you define success in, differently, or
0: no? I like that. I, I really like the the notion of helping our children because uh, it's foundational. So what what I heard you say in there is that we want our children to know the truth, mm-hmm. and especially the truth about who they are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. The truth about what's important, mm-hmm. what, what's most important in life, the values that we see in Scripture and that that we that we gain from developing um, a gospel-centered mindset mm-hmm. and value system. So, um, and then you know there are other things that that are important, but but those are built on that foundation yeah. of, of having those two things, knowing the truth about those two things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and that's that's huge. So if we, if you say out, sit out and we'll talk about praying for our, our, our kids a lot throughout all this. And, um, but if you say, Hey, what is it that God longs most for my child? Like, what is it that God desires for them? Chief and foremost would be that they would know Jesus, right? That they would follow Jesus with all of their heart and love him with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength and love people that way. So how should I, have any other greater desire for my kid than -hmm. what God desires their creator has Mm -hmm. for them. And actually, if you think about, Hey, our kids are on loan anyways, they belong to him, right? Like, yes, they were made in my wife's belly and she gave birth to them, but who made them, who spoke them into being, who knit them together in her, They, they, they belong to the Lord. And so we're stewards of this life that God has given to us that, that we, it belongs to him, and so then, as the master, he gets to determine what is it the greatest desire there. That's not even mind to set, right? If mm-hmm. I'm if I'm a healthy steward, is it, what are God's goals for my child? Okay, then I need to be after those. I need to be running, and that's such a mindset shift, right? A, a different, um, and I, and I think that's what I mean by parenting on purpose when when we think about that versus, um, you know, what other goals could there be? Uh, that they'd be a good athlete that mm-hmm. they they you know. I like sports just like anyone. And I, I love to play sports and played them all my life. But that's a that's a tiny thing in the kingdom of God. right? You know, what I mean, like, uh, what other their goals? Would they, would they be great students that they would, uh, I don't know, be successful financially? Or, you know, what are the goals, worldly goals? Right.
0: Well, I think, I, I think that most Christian, Christian parents, if they said, hey, one of your top Goals should be that your children would be clear on their identity and that they would live out kingdom values would would be an agreement on that. And yet, it seems like we often lose our way as parents and those other things that that aren't perhaps as as important. But maybe they're just more accessible, maybe they're more uh, you know front of mind for us as we go through our daily lives. So I know one thing that we were messaging about before we started recording is the idea of value based parenting versus performance based yeah. parenting. Yeah. so you've already touched on that a little bit, but maybe not devil's advocate, but maybe help us understand you know what the difference is, or maybe some examples of. Performance-based parenting and how that can actually short-circuit value-based parenting.
1: Yeah, a lot. And I, I, first of all, I think it goes to we have to be honest with ourselves about what are our values. And I think this is a core discipleship principle mm-hmm. at its core for children or whomever. When when we are being discipled, right? Uh, God is making us new in the attitude of our minds all right he's renewing our minds and thinking and i think at the core of that he's reshaping what what our values are right but what often happens and we all do this we give we know what the biblical answers ought to be right i ought to value god i ought to value the church i ought to value discipleship Mm -hmm. i ought to value having the courage to sit down and actually ask if i do an audit of my time if I right. do an audit of my thinking, if mm-hmm. I do an audit of my of my emotions, if I do an audit of, of my finances, and I just gave that audit mm-hmm. to somebody else and asked them, uh, based off of how they spend their time, their finances, their thinking, their emotions, what do you think is most valuable to them? What would that stranger, just by looking at our lives, come up with, with the answer. And that's a, that that (laughs) question is a gut wrenching question every time. Right. And, uh, and so to really, and here's the, here's why I bring that up is that whether we realize it or not, we're constantly shaping the values of our kids. They are picking up and more is caught than taught. Correct. Right. So I can tell them Jesus is valuable. I can tell them church is valuable. Hmm. Bible is valuable; it's the most valuable thing. There's you seek it first. But if those aren't actually the things that are most valuable to me and my kids are watching, oh hey, church attendance is is uh, not that important. We don't actually need to be that disciplined in going, hmm. you know, um, and or scripture is is not that important. I don't. My my parents don't really turn to scripture all that often, like they tell Mm -hmm. me it's important. Right. And, and they have all the right, but, but I'm actually watching, you know, uh, it seems like football is more important. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. It it, it seems like, uh, you know, food or, or hobbies are more important right? because, you know, and I'm pushing on my own self and that those are all things that, that I will, I slip into, my na- I love football. I love to cook. You know, I love to camp, and I, man, I can go spend time. I love to work out. I, I'll go spend time, effort mm-hmm. in those things, and my kids see that. Right. And it's not that those things are evil. It's just that they're not primary. So when Jesus says seek first the kingdom, he's saying make this the most primary thing. And so if I'm if I'm being honest about that, my kids are catching on values all the time. And so where does Jesus actually? fall in that list and we got to be honest with that and so what i mean by value-based parenting versus performance-based parenting is i don't need to be putting on a performance for my kids right or or getting them to perform a performance Mm -hmm. right right and 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 which will I, i think comes down but but i actually need to live my life according to christ's values and i need to regularly be checking that yeah there's a
0: there was an old uh i don't know if this is 80s or 90s you might be able to help me figure this out but the old gatorade campaign or slogan was is it in
1: you uh yeah do you remember that yeah 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 so probably 90s yeah i think michael jordan time yeah is it in, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and i i think what what i'm hearing you say and i'm in full agreement is sometimes we're trying to pass on things to our children or we have goals for our children when it comes to their faith and their life that we ourselves are not living out of the way that we need to. And so when it comes to parenting sometimes we can have a very outward mindset that, that, that it's determined by how our kids are doing or how they're turning out when the starting point is really how, how am i doing exactly as right. a parent That's and, exactly and right. what is true now even as a parent me. how am i
1: doing as a disciple of christ am mm-hmm. i being faithful
0: and i think um we used to talk a lot about uh, time treasure and talents yeah so yeah. and you talk about the audit the idea of auditing your life and those are just three great major categories that that folks can think through like you said how am i spending my time um how am i spending my treasure and then what am I doing with the, the talents, the gifts and the abilities that that God has given me, mm-hmm. the the um, the opportunities that he's mm-hmm. given to me? Because those are things that our children are going to be observing and, and catching on to mm-hmm. as the years pass and they're around us. And it should be both a challenge to us as parents, but also, I think, a great comfort that you don't have to be a, a, a great teacher. You don't have to have the Bible degree but you do need to have sincere faith that your children can actually observe over time. Uh, because like you said, more is caught than
1: taught. Yeah. I, am. without divulging too much of my own because folks that I love but my own life was, was drastically impacted by those that professed faith in Christ. Um, but then I think behind closed doors just lived a different reality. And I think if you press them, they believe in Jesus. It just wasn't that that was the biggest core value, you know? And so as a child, my whole life was, was pushed way off kilter by the hypocrisy of those that, that believed in their. So, you know, and it's easy for me to judge that. And now I'm a parent. Hmm. And I constantly go back to it and say, maybe the biggest gift that I can give to my kids is to be legitimate myself in my walk with Christ. Right? Like I know, so so as Paul says, like to live a life worthy of the gospel call that I've received. Right? Um, like like how do I do that? What does that look like on an everyday basis? And I think that then bleeds down into to lots of other things. That if if I then in my and not in a performance way, but I am seeking to be loved by Christ and to love Him. And He says, Hey, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. So then His commands become important to me, His word becomes important. That gospel orientation that I'm a broken man, constantly in need of the grace of Christ to reshape me. If that's how I see myself, then gospel parenting is that shapes how I see my kids. And this gets down into what I'm oh, what what our goal of parenting is is if I'm value based if I value the gospel and not just performance then I I want to parent their hearts more than I want to parent their behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm just parenting behaviors, right, then then I'm just doing behavior modifications. And kids are are smart enough to know if mm-hmm. I if I say mean mm-hmm. things, right, I get punished. Right. So I will stop saying mean things. But Jesus says it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks, right? Right. And so I've I've just put a tape over their mouth, but I've done nothing to get down into the heart hmm. of why are they thinking the mean things about their sister or about this this person on your team or the the you know person at school. So let's get down into that area of where your heart is, or. Um, you can lose your kid's heart pretty quickly. I think if 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 they're acting out like crazy, you don't like those behaviors. You talk to them about it. They share some big hurts with you, and you don't step down into that hurt with them. Instead, you're saying, yeah, 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 but you got to stop doing these actions, <laughs> right? And yeah. so, what did you just tell them you value most? Right. How they appear to everybody else out, but what their actual heart is, you you know. Right, and I think
0: also just communicating that that they as a person are not as important to you yeah. than as much as, you know, how, how they're performing yeah. <laughs> both, not only to you, but, but to the world itself. And I, I think, I think this gets, th- this starts very early, very early. Our granddaughter's with us and she's uh, about 20 months old and, um, she's, uh, you know, having children, you definitely see that, um, you, you, you see, the reality of sin, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, very, very, Mm -hmm. very early on. In the little ones, yeah. In the little ones. Um, And so at any rate, she was doing a fit because she wanted something. Mm -hmm. And what she wanted wasn't bad, but she wasn't getting it fast Mm -hmm. enough. And so she just, she's kind of going through a phase right now where, the, the impulse is to melt down for and, sure and have a fit. And yet, you know, she's not able to speak in full sentences, but she's able to communicate with words. Yeah. Um, especially if you actually give her your attention and, and you spend time interacting with her. And so, um, so it was an opportunity for us to have a good conversation, you know, she and I, and so one thing that I've I've learned, I don't know where I learned this, but someone, I didn't come up with this on my own, but it's especially when you have younger children to get down on their level. So sure. to actually squat down and make good eye contact yeah. and and give your full attention to this child, um, and then communicate what, what isn't acceptable. So in this case, you know, I, I actually demonstrated the fit, <laughs> I had to kind of act that a little bit and then share with her that that's, that's not acceptable. But then ask her what, what did she want and Mm -hmm. and teach her to use her words. Mm -hmm. And so like there you are parenting in the moment, you're parenting real life Mm -hmm. activity and behaviors. But like you said, you're trying to get to like the, the
1: deeper root issue that's happening, you know, what's, what's driving those behaviors. And you could frame it in a, in a discipline correction versus punishment. Right. So. Yeah, or, or
0: even a di- yeah, even a yeah, discipline correction, or just developmental. Like in yeah, this yeah, case, that like she's yeah. so young that I mean, does she know it's wrong? Probably not. She, like I said, she's doing what's what's impulsive. Now it's coming from perhaps a sin nature, but it's not necessarily. Uh, I don't know if that's a distinction without a. With, with, no, I mean a that's, that's in all
1: of us, right? Like I still cry out when I don't get what I want the way I want it, right? And so yeah, that, that's still <laughs> based in me. I just have a more adult, nuanced ways to do it, but but I I feel the same way.
0: But I think this principle of giving our children knowing when we have to pause and give our full attention. Because that's not all the time. I I think one mistake we can make as parents is to build our world around our children, Mm -hmm. which is also not something that I I think is is healthy or desirable. Mm -hmm. But there are times when we need to be able, we need to recognize a moment as it's happening and and be able to pause life as much as possible Mm -hmm. and then give our full attention to our children and if you can learn to do that when they're younger, it, it, this actually becomes I think hugely important mm-hmm. as the kids move into their teen years because mm-hmm. if, if by that time they've picked up that we as parents aren't people that they can go to and, and have those kinds of conversations and express those, mm-hmm. those concerns or hurts, um, it's not like they're not gonna still be happening, that they're not gonna be harbored. We just aren't going to have the opportunity to enter into those things and, and to help our children work through them.
1: I love that. I love that. I, we gave our, and still give our kids permission to ask why. Mm. Right. Which can be like, it's so, it can be frustrating, so hard, right? A lot of times your answer is because I said so is that's what you want it to be. Right? Yes. But that's not fair to them. Right. And so if I'm trying to parent their heart and I'm trying to correct something down there, I do want them to understand why that's not appropriate. Yeah. Right. Right. Why why don't we talk that way to somebody or or this isn't correct? But when we when we correct, all right, um, and at times and this is important. Um, so we've talked you and I in past have talked a lot about the unmerciful servant uh um parable we've we've shared on here. I, it's one of my favorites. I think about that in parenting hmm. a lot. Hmm. How dare I call upon my ABBA father and and cry out, Grace, Grace, Grace When I fall short and then turn around and be legalistic with my kid that you broke all these rules um, and this is the only response. But here's what's important. Grace parenting towards our kid does not mean there's not consequences to their actions. Right. It means that they never lose their place Mm -hmm. uh, of value and love in my heart, even when they do something wrong. Right. Mm Right. So there's there's going to be natural consequences. And part of correcting my children's behavior is that they need to see that that was what there's consequences to that choice. So I might take your uh, my teenager, I'll take your phone away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and you're not allowed to have that for the rest of the week because you chose not to do these things that we asked you to do. Um, But I don't then uh, make him feel the shame of that. Throughout the week, and and treat him as a second class citizen in the household because he's in the middle of a of a correcting process. I still love you, still adore you. I'll be right there with you, and and you might cry out foul. That's not fair. Okay, I, I understand that, mm-hmm. but but um, but I love you, buddy, and and it's because you need to have follow through and discipline in your own life that you said you're going to do something. You're going to do it, and so this is me helping you. Get there. Well, now I've explained why this is wrong, right? What I'm trying to correct in them, and that I love him like crazy, and that's why I am I am choosing to 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 give discipline, not a punishment because you didn't do your chores, Mm -hmm. right? But I'm trying to get down down in into that. Um, And so, grace parenting is not a a free will. I think it's exactly the opposite. Right. I, I think it is, hey, there are expectations and and we're going to hold you to that. And, and we, we want you to develop in such a way that that you're developing in these areas. And, and um, yeah, so something that, that we started practicing with that that's kind of interesting is we'll have the conversation with our kids. or What do you think is, is an appropriate consequence to that action? We did that this morning around something, right? And uh, and and it was funny. Like they'll have differing, and so we had my my youngest and, and middle were, were both uh, stepped out of bounds of, of what they were supposed to be doing, and it deserved some consequence. And so uh, my wife is brilliant at that, you know, so we tell, we tell why And what's funny. is sometimes they'll come up with consequences. You're like, geez, that's pretty harsh. You're like, I don't know if that's what I would have. But you kind of get down into it. And, then, and even then you say, I don't know, we need to go that far. What if we just say, you know, a, a day of no technology or, a, um, you know, or no friends for, over for a week? And, you know, you're those type of things. Um but sometimes they'll push back and, and uh, you know, they don't want to choose a consequence at all. And then you have to push on the other side and say, no, why is consequence important? Uh, how do you develop self-discipline if you don't have... To? Anyway, the the conversations around the why... Hmm uh, have proved huge for us, I think. And that was taught to us somewhere early on as well. Um, so it's not just that that behavior is wrong. Here's, here's why, here's right. why. And, it, and, and if you can't give a good reason as to why you don't want them to be doing something then maybe you need to be checking. Yeah. Uh, why is that a rule? Right. Why, why is it? Is it just cause it bothers me? Right. right. Um, is it, is it, you know, uh, so it, it, it's a good, it's a good hmm. principle to kind of, to, to think around, um, and what, what parenting is. Do you, um, how, how did you guys go about, um, disciplining or correcting your kids? Was there a kind of a principle or a way you went, went, went about that? Yeah.
0: My mind, even as we're having this conversation, I know that this is going to be, you know, a little less than an hour conversation. There's so much to say, man. <laughs> There's oh, gosh, so yeah, much yeah. to say, um, you know, one verse that has always been um, helpful for me is Luke two fifty two, where it talks about Jesus increasing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And you see four broad areas of development there from Jesus himself, you know, wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with men. And so you can think about his, his intellectual and emotional development, his physical development, his social development mm-hmm. favor with mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. and then his spiritual development favor mm-hmm. with god and uh, as parents we're entrusted with our our children and it it really is a matter of of shepherding them and helping them develop in those those broad areas of life um i think it uh it changes a little bit we definitely um we definitely believed in you know physical consequences. Yeah, yeah. And especially when our, our children were, were younger, um, you know, a lot of times we would, we would do a little, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like a thump on the mm-hmm. hand, mm-hmm. just, and, and he, one thing that I would say is that the, the goal is not to cause pain, uh, in a punitive sense. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're, you're, you're teaching very young children, but you're trying to communicate boundaries, mm-hmm. um, And like you said, those boundaries need to be based on something important, not just arbitrary, arbitrary rules. But um, yeah, for us, we 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 did try to establish boundaries for our children at very young ages. I think we often underestimate how smart our kids are, you know, even by the time they're able to walk and communicate, if they can walk and communicate. They're very intelligent, and and even though you may not be able to have a long drawn out conversation with them, you really can communicate a lot of values even to that that young child. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, one thing that I believe and that I've I've tried to encourage parents of young children, I would say parents you know from from birth and to the age of maybe six or seven, mm-hmm. so those early years that you're you're trying to instill to. I would say primary um, capacities within your children, and one is just self-control. Mm-hmm. So you know we've all had kids meltdown or we've all been in a public place where a kid is melting down. and uh, as parents, we are the primary ones responsible to help our children develop self-control, which mm-hmm. is which there's so many opportunities to do that throughout the day, um, you know to to help your children. Um, have delayed gratification mm-hmm, to help mm-hmm. your children um, deal with disappointment in appropriate ways, like yes, there is disappointment and, and it 's not just a matter of mm-hmm. saying deal with it, but helping them learn how to deal with and express that in a healthy way because if you can if you can help your child develop self control in those those basic ways in those early years, what you 've really done is you've you've wired within them a very important Ability mm-hmm. that's that's going to mm-hmm. stand by them throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. But the second thing that I would say in those early years is consideration for others. Um, being able to to consider and think through how this behavior is affecting someone else, either a, a child their own age, if they're playing with other kids, or how it's affecting uh, another member of the family. And so when I think about uh, those are the two major values that I'm trying to impart in those those early years, um, and there's there's so many opportunities to try to to engage in that. And so rather than just trying to um, let the kids run wild or trying to micromanage every little thing, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to pay attention to. Is, this, is there an issue of self-control that's, that's needing to be addressed? Is there an issue of not considering others and, and you know, being very self-centered and selfish in my behavior? Um, and so um, I do think that that's really important. I would encourage parents who are listening who do have young children to, to not have the mindset that your kids are too young to learn those things. In fact, I think if you try to start instilling those things, after the age of six, it's it's actually very difficult. I think a mm-hmm. lot
1: gets wired into start our kids. Start young before the age of four. Start young, yeah, absolutely. But but if let's say you've come to faith later mm-hmm. or you're just starting to think about it. I, I I think you can. One of one of my favorite things to do, because <laughs> I do it frequently, is to apologize to my kids. Yeah, and I think that's huge. Yes, uh, because I by no means am um perfect and my mom modeled this and and would come and say hey I'm sorry for reacting right. that way and and I've carried that down into parenting um, because I think it's that's it's and it, and I think it's it's okay to come back and and hey I know we've done it this way in the past we're not going to do it that way anymore mm-hmm. um, and we're going to make this correction here's why um, let me, I want to shift gears a little bit. Well, let me, if I can. Okay, go ahead.
0: Because I think you had ask something along the lines of, um, you know, uh, disciplining or. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do think that the bottom line, I, I will say that as we got older and as we had more kids, um, the amount of discipline that we did that involved physical right, right, uh, punishment right. decreased dramatically. Yeah. Uh, dramatically. and And I don't think that it needs to be, I don't think it needs to be a major part of of correction. Mm. Um, but like you said earlier, what does need to be part of parenting is, um, instituting consequences yes. and helping our children, because that's really what helps our kids find boundaries. <laughs> you know, if there's no consequence, it's really hard for an immature human to, sure. to find the boundaries
1: and to learn the values. Well, and, and you need, we, we need follow through this is one of the biggest right. things my wife taught me. Consistency and follow you know, if you, through. Because I used to, I would do. Yeah, consistency and follow through is gigantic. Yes, and it was one of the biggest way things that my wife, is, who's a school teacher, and a lot of this stuff comes naturally mm. to her. She's just gifted in it. I, I'm bad. It's my own self-discipline. Uh, one of the areas of the Lord, if I'm being confessional, has had to work on me a lot in life is about follow through in my own things of, of what I commit to myself to do or need to do those things. And so when my oldest was young, I'd hear myself saying, if you do that again, here's the right. consequence. Look. And then he would do it yes, and I wouldn't follow through on the consequence. right? And my wife had to confront me in that. And it's like, you're not helping him by doing that. right? Now, he is learning that there are no boundaries when when you say that that mm. he can keep on pushing or man. like this is one of my um,
0: <laughs> this is this is one of the things that I've observed. You know the, if you count as a parent, if you yeah, you know yeah, yeah. one, yeah, two, yeah. all you're doing is you're you're simply training your your child that the boundary is after three or yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. of course if you don't follow through after three, there is no boundary. So you can draw that line wherever you want it. It can just be um, i'm I've told you to do this, you haven't done it, therefore there's a consequence, mm-hmm. or you can you can do the counting thing, but mm-hmm. either way, like what your child is going to learn is is there a boundary they're gonna test that yeah and and if there is, where is it yeah. and then their kids they're gonna they're gonna go to the boundary they're gonna go and sometimes they're gonna, they're gonna miss that. it, yeah, and then you know you may they may actually get the punishment, but yeah kids are actually very smart so they are
1: i will i'll say one more thing around discipline yes. i think so um uh my dad growing up had a, had a terrible temper yep right yep and so i grew up in a household with that love my dad if you happen to watch and love you but <laughs> uh that comes naturally to me but i made this commitment that i would not and and i don't you know that's mm. in a lot of us i i do not discipline my kids out of anger if, right. if my chief emotion still is anger and temper over mm-hmm. something they've done, right? And the older they get, the hard it's harder this becomes because sometimes the things that they're doing, I know they know better, right? And mm-hmm. so I've purposely told you not to do this. You've now done the very right. thing I told right. you not to do. We agreed you're not going to do it. And so I find myself wrestling with this. but. I realize that if I if mm-hmm. I if the, if I give the consequences to that in that moment out of anger yes. right I'm gonna probably sin. So in your anger do not sin, and I will probably do that. And so I've had to learn to. I'm just gonna step back. I'm gonna yes. pray about this. I'm gonna give it to the Lord, and then I'm gonna step back in. Right. And we're gonna have this conse- consequences conversation, but I want to do it clear headed. And and thinking about my children in the right way, not Agreed. in my and that's hard. Man.
0: Agreed, and that's 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 great. I think that's um, there's a lot of wisdom there. So that that's a great practical principle that uh-huh. I think uh, we we've also tried to practice throughout the years. And and one easy way to do that is to you know maybe tell tell your kid that hey, you need to go to your room, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I'm going to be in in a, in a few minutes to to talk about this. Or, or to deal with this issue because you know, when we discipline out of anger, we're still setting a boundary. And so what our kids are learning there is don't make dad angry. Yeah. You can do whatever you want, yeah. but don't hit that button. Yeah. And, and that's not what you're wanting to learn. You're wanting to learn that that this certain way of living is not appropriate yeah. Yeah. To, to who God is and what, right. what he teaches us versus I'm in trouble because mom got angry. Yeah. Right. right. So as long as I don't, get mom angry I can do what I want right right but I know you were wanting to shift gears so
1: um. I do I know because we're getting on time and I think this is one of the biggest important Mm -hmm. issues um in parenting in in today's age okay and that is and and I I admittedly uh am extremely protective over our kids when it comes to content on television content on screens coming in in um in I'm assuming if you're watching Into the Harvest, you are a believer, and we're probably in agreement around uh, much of the content that's out there. And to say, hey, that's just a TV show, it's just a cartoon show, and rise, uh, that those shows shape values, whether you realize it or not, like even, or maybe it's not a show, maybe it's just TikTok Mm. or it's Instagram. Right. Man, and I have spent uh, close to two decades walking with teenagers who I've seen whole value systems reshaped as social media came into the the front, I was in student ministry and got mm-hmm. to be on the front lines of watching this happen and watch innocent sixth graders suddenly sh- who profess love for Christ, right. Are baptized in and suddenly their her whole worldview is shifted purely off of the content and influence that they're getting. Right. So we're now almost, you know, we're, well over a decade into the whole social media experiment, and there's so much out there on that. As a parent, when when I got there, and now it's, on T, it's obviously on there, you know, when we were kids, my parents were very guarded from like, you don't need to watch, you know, Showtime movies or HBO movies or something like that, uh, but they weren't that guarded. And so, so watching sitcoms, not that big of a deal. As a teenager, watching Friends, mm. uh, man, I had value system being shaped like crazy around. Hey, the big goal is to to date all the cute girls, to try to you know have sex with all of, all of mm. this. These are being shaped by a show that was on NBC, right? Right. And, and my mom, you know, my mom wasn't thinking much about it. Seinfeld, go back and watch Seinfeld and see how much of that is is sexually oriented, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I loved that stuff and was in it. Okay. So I think about that with my kids. And you can turn on a cartoon these days and see there's adult level
0: innuendos oh, yeah.
1: all throughout here. Right. There's also much when it comes to sexuality that's that's being pushed in terms of value. What's that? Oh, it's good. So... One of the metaphors that I use when it comes to this is if you were to walk into your house um, and you go to your child's bedroom, would you be okay if there was a stranger you did not know in your child's bedroom with your child? Hmm. I'm guessing we would all say no. Right. Right? We would all be like, how did this person get into my house? I have no clue who they are. Um, What are they doing in my child's bedroom? Having doing who knows what with my child right we would guard against that we mm-hmm. would that we if we saw that we would respond to that and then we would put up stop gaps from keeping that to happen again how did this happen why then are we okay with letting strangers come in via the screens in our children's life our music and having private one-on-one influence over our children's life. When scripture tells us to guard our hearts, for it is the wellspring of life, Proverbs 4, right? Mm. Like this is where all of life is gonna flow. So guard it. And I need to do that as an adult man. There's stuff that that I don't let myself watch, right? And and with good reason, because I know what it'll do to my heart. And mm. it'll man, it'll wreck my whole life if I if mm. I let those influences be there. So why wouldn't I extend that to my kids? And so I th- I would encourage uh we do certain things like um they they don't get a cell phone until until a teenager. They don't my oldest teenager has no social media and he's not allowed on that and and we have parental controls on their phone that is pretty Pretty strict, right? So they each get a very limited amount of hours. Here, I can control via iPhone and the family uh, screen time. Um, what apps they are allowed? They can't download apps outside of me knowing it. Um, how much time they're spending on on each app, and and we we review that with them, right? My my daughter only gets an hour of screen time a, a day um across her iPad and stuff uh and and man if she's listening to music that counts to it she mm-hmm. we she's still 12 and so we're way guarded on on what um, she's able to watch our our Wi-Fi at the house our router at the house has all sorts of parental controls on that that apply to all of our content that we watch at the house um, what we do in terms of of our own time that we spend on media is is really low so we do things like hey during the weekday TV doesn't come on. We don't watch any kind of shows during the weekdays. It's on weekends, and then we have a certain amount of time. And then as a family, we do things, uh, and we've learned these things from others, and there's some great resources out there. Um, But... Um, we've gone on like media fasts as a family. It was my youngest asks for it. It's pretty phenomenal. Hmm. Like he because he he's a people person and he <laughs> loves when everybody else's screens are down and he just gets you one on one and and all that. I I can't. You know, there there's so much that we could say, and we've all done it as a parent, where you have that little. You see the screen as a babysitter. You need to occupy your kid's time, right? And you give it to them as a little one. Mm-hmm. And let them go, right? Mm-hmm. And I've done that, uh, And 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 that's. But if we can acknowledge that's not healthy, there's so much scientific data out there to say that much screen time that young is extremely not healthy for for development. But it also you're developing values uh, in that. Yeah. that it's, well, I think what's
0: happening there is that you are uh, outsourcing your your influence. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting because if I could play devil's advocate, how is that different? from um value-based versus performance-based because that could be an argument like well th- a lot of that's behavioral or, or you're 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 basically setting uh, external conditions you know sure. you're limiting certain activities or certain sure. so and i i just want to hear your your sure. insights on that like sure. as, as, from a parenting standpoint sure at what age do you feel comfortable with your kid driving well, I've got a 16-year-old learning right now.
1: Am I comfortable? Ex- I don't know if that's even true. Okay. And <laughs> but, there's reason for that, right? right? So you're practicing wisdom and discernment. And so my ultimate goal is that I want my—and so my 15-year-old—and there is a line. And mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to prescribe when that line is mm-hmm. to somebody in my church um, or, or that asks, hey, at this age, what yeah. can they watch? What can't they watch? Uh, that's up for the discernment of the parent to be praying about and thinking about. Uh, We have allowed our 15 year old um, uh, more freedoms, Mm -hmm. right? But we still are having constant conversations with him about that of what that looks like. By the time he's a senior, he'll have more freedoms. The goal there is to help him develop discernment based Mm -hmm. off of the values of what, what he is, what he finds valuable because my kids can say, Hey, we find, um, because those values aren't aren't set into them yet if that makes sense so i it's my job to help guard them as a parent um for influences outside of their lives um and so it's not performance based to me it is extremely value-based that if i say i value my kids uh, innocence i value my kids not learning mm-hmm. um or thinking certain things are normal and okay that the world would say are normal or, or okay well, then I'm going to orient my whole household around that value, including my own things that I watch yeah. and because and, kids pick up on that and what, what's time there yeah, so does that make sense?: It does it does. I just wanted
0: you to to address it because if I was listening, I might have that uh, I might have that thought. I know we are needing to wrap up here, yeah so let me I don't know if we can squeeze both these in okay. But I, I'd like you to share any resources that you would uh, recommend on the topic. And then secondly, do you have things that you are actively and consistently praying for your I children?
1: I give you two books real quick. Um, uh, a friend of mine, I just reached out to him. and These are two books uh, that he's given to us and we've, we've read. One is The Tech Wise Family by Andy Crouch. I would recommend that. The other is the teens' guide to social media, and that's something you read with with your teenager, and you walk through with that if you're going to venture into social media. Increasingly, I've I've stepped off of, of, of social media nearly completely right now. Increasingly, I am I am um, I know this is being shared on different social media platforms, right. but increasingly, I fear that for my own heart, and so mm. um, I I don't know. Um, how much I, even my, my teen, he has very little desire. My daughter will have a lot of desire, I think. And so we'll have to navigate. So those are, those are two books that I would, I would recommend. Um, And then I love what you said. And there's other resources I can, I, we can, we can um, do that. Some of the greatest resources are just godly people in your church Mm. and you, you, in your life. And, um, you know, you're not on an island raising your children. Like, and so be, be in church, help them, uh, Be around other older adults that love the Lord and invite them into that world with you and raise your kids in the community of believers. Mm -hmm. Let them be seen and known. Mm -hmm. Uh, A great book on that is called Sticky Faith and there's Sticky Faith for Families by Kara Powell. Um, It transformed how I did student ministry and it transformed how I parent and was one of the big reasons I left the larger big church that I was in to come to a smaller church. Uh, it's because I wanted to increase the number of relationships that my kids had, uh, and actually, in smaller settings, they could know more uh, mm. adults, and more adults knew them. And, and, and I'm not poo-pooing all big churches, but my experience was that in a gigantic church, mm. um, our kids really just knew the kids workers and the volunteers there. But in terms of other, like there was older godly men that I wanted my teenager to know. Whereas now at our church. Um, you know, I can name off several older, older men that my kids have awesome relationships with. And I love that for my sons. Mm. You know, I want them uh, to be hanging out with these godly men and, and what that looks like. So I think that's a huge resource. that it, And it was God's original design, right, is that we raise our families within this community of other believers as we disciple one another. Um, and then what we pray for for our kids. I'm glad you bring that up. Um, and I'd love to hear how you answer that as well. Um, I we pray uh heavily for our kids hearts and minds um and we pray for the the Christ would would grant us discernment to see when something's off. Yeah. You know, that that we wouldn't be so nose to the grindstone that we 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 don't see our kids, we don't mm. we don't miss it. Uh we pray for opportunities, you know, um and 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 Amy and I are kind of weekly have little audit conversations about where are we with parenting stuff with our kids what are some things that we're worried about for them what are we praying specifically about one of the really cool things that we've seen the lord do in my daughter's life this year uh we had this big event she had very few godly friends at school our kids are at public schools my my wife's a teacher actually see it as a as a pretty awesome opportunity there but it's hard when you feel like you're on an island uh in terms of values and right and that you are shielded from content that all your other friends are talking about and and man we said my wife my daughter would was was just extremely lonely and she's a very social girl and Mm. so we got to sit down with her about a year ago and just pray with her and and she cried out tears teaching her this is okay Mm. asking the lord for godly friends and Dude, one of the coolest God moments that I've had in a while was um, there is a, a girl in Ellie's class who had, was in Ellie's class at that time. Ellie just didn't know her, and by God's desire this year, they they begin to be in teams together, build a friendship. Turns out this girl is a strong believer, and uh, these are two sixth grade girls, and um, they asked Ellie asked me, Dad, uh, and I won't say her name she would like to come over and have a Bible study. Can we do that together? This is a public school friend. And <laughs> right. to go from feeling like there's nobody. Yeah. And so I sat with these two girls and we just, we were walking through some basic Bible study stuff. And, and they were at our house in my office, they at the house, and we were sitting down. Mm. And this other little girl says, I've been praying for a godly friend. Mm. And dude, my daughter, like after that, that whole at left, like to be able to walk through her, do you remember when we cried out to God and he answered this and... Um, so yeah, and she she's just thrilled to death on you know and and so excited about that. And there's God has provided more than just that one friend this whole year. So mm. that's little things. I think we're actually praying the same thing for my son right now. He's at he's at a high school here in town and we we're praying for godly friends. He has great friends in our youth group at a church, but they all go to different high schools. Yeah. And he feels pretty lonely in, mm. in his faith at school. And so that's one of the things we pray for with him. And uh, so I think we have our parenting discipleship goals for them, but we also try to pay attention to their hearts of what's going on in their lives right now. What do we need to be praying for specifically for them right now? What about you? you?
0: Yeah, I'll share a few, um, quickly. One is that God would be involved, guiding them, that he'd be involved in their lives. Um, and I think that's something we can, we can pray for, um, And in three specific ways, one, that he would be working on the inside through the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. working in their conscience, um, guiding them in that way, in ways that we can't reach Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. parents. Um, Also that he would bring other people into their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think about my own history, Mm -hmm. like there were important people who God brought across my path at different moments in my life who've had a huge influence Mm -hmm. on me that were outside of my family and sometimes Mm -hmm. as, as parents. I think we feel like we've got to provide all of it. Mm-hmm. So to just pray and ask God to bring other people mm-hmm. into our children's lives who can influence them towards Him, and then third, through circumstances that—and this is a kind of a scary prayer because oftentimes God uses mm-hmm. difficulties that we would not, uh, that we would want to protect our kids from. Mm. So trusting God and praying that He would work through circumstances to to nudge our children onto the path of life. Um, so I pray those three specific things, like you know, lot, conscience, spirit, um, people, and then circumstances that oh, yeah. God would be active in uh, guiding and directing our children, uh, and then also pray for great friends. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's so important, especially as your your kids move into their teen years, and then specifically that He would keep our children from falling under the influence of the foolish mm-hmm. and the wicked. Mm-hmm i do think there's a difference i think sometimes our kids are just influenced by the foolish but you know that can be life-altering if mm-hmm. if you're and it, it sort of comes out of the lord's prayer where lead us not into temptation so just adapting that a little bit for our children and praying that you know we're not going to be with our children 24 7 and so just praying but but god will be so praying that he will keep them from falling under the influence mm-hmm. of the foolish and the wicked so Oh, man, we will have to do a part two, I think, on parenting because there's so much that I I think is is helpful. And um, I I know that all of our listeners are not parents. Mm -hmm. But um, for those of you who are, we hope that uh, this conversation was encouraging and helpful. Um, We will post some some links to different resources that uh, Shelton mentioned, maybe even a few others that that might come to mind. But brother, thanks for uh, coming on again. And uh, we'll do it again soon. My pleasure. Thanks, man. Bye.